hottest takes from the biggest server. Your trusted source for college football analysis. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. This is a Jim Podcast with your hosts, Jimbo and Randy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever Jim Podcast, episode one. With your host, Jimbo. Hey, I'm Randy, aka Andrew Joe. Andrew Joe, welcome. And uh, yeah, today we wanted to do our, uh, well, we have a lot to talk about. We wanted to touch base on preseason 2021. We've uh, got our own top 10 lists for this year. Uh, a few hot takes here and there. We have, you know, we got some honorable mentions, we have some overrated teams, and we have some predictions on uh, how this season will fare. So, uh, what I think we're going to do is go through our top 10 list to start. Uh, starting from number one, actually, and moving down. Uh, I think alternating would work. What do you think, Randy? Like, you give one, I give one, you give two, I, I think, give two. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I also brought plenty of notes and plenty of links. I know you pretty well, so I have a feeling I'm going to need some receipts to... Uh, oh. To, yeah. <laughs> well, let's just see how that goes. We'll but yeah, I think alternating works. Okay. I think well, the first couple will be fine. I think the first couple, yeah, and it'll get progressively hotter, I think, as we go down. And that, that's why we're starting with number one, I think, because I think the first few are we're both going to probably agree on and or they won't be that crazy because that's just how college football is. Um, okay. Without further ado, want to give us your number one uh, pick? Uh, Alabama. Biased. And I don't really need to say – I don't really need to give a reason, I don't think. <laughs> that's fair. We all saw what happened last year and the last yeah. decade. Um Bama is actually my number one as well. Um, okay. I mean, obviously, it's it's difficult to imagine them not winning at all, much less just going undefeated. The the only knock I have, really, on the entire program at this point is that the AP preseason number one hasn't won at all in the playoff era. Um, that's just weird coincidence, Juju, I don't know, but that's like the only thing I can think of not going for Bama. Yeah, I mean, anything could happen, um, and it's obviously we have a lot to replace on offense. Um, however, my take is that um, Nick Saban is going to remind people this year why defense is so important, and I think a lot of people are actually like kind of lower on us, three or lower, which is unusual for a Bama team, especially one that just won a championship. Really? And the reasoning is of how much we're losing on offense, but it, they completely are not taking into account that our entire three deep on defense is people that have started games, they have significant playing time. We are so incredibly deep on defense. It's just straight up not fair. It's true. You look. I'm looking now at the playoffs last year. You guys held Notre Dame to 14, Ohio State to 24. I mean, that's you're going to win those games. I mean, with Bama's offense, you know, if, if you're holding teams to that much, or rather that low. Um, and we also have the uh, we also have the situation of um, with our offense. There's a, there's an old saying we have, and it's that Bama quarterbacks don't bust. If somebody like Bryce Young needs time to work his way into the offense and develop, we're not going to force him to make downfield throws. We're just we have skill position players and we have running backs. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw screen passes and we're going to hand it off until we can set him up into a better position. So no matter what, he's going to get his and have decent stats. That's true. So that's why I'm just not worried about our offense. They're not going to be any reason we lose a game if we do lose one. No, for sure. I mean, Bama's won it all with, like, much worse quarterbacks in the past. Um, I can't even remember the guy, the guy from, like, 2015. Jake Coker. Yeah, like... Jake Coker. Nobody knows his name. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need... I mean, it, like, it's a, it's a like, negative stereotype, the whole, like, game manager thing. But really, with Bama's offense and the amount of talent they have, like, all you need is a game manager, and you will win by a lot, you know? Very um, true, very true. All right, uh, shall I move on to number two? Randy? Number two. Go for it. You can go. Me? Okay. Well, this uh, I hope this isn't too controversial either. I'm going with Ohio State. Um, and, and the reasoning is, I think last season they looked like the number two team. Like They look really like the only team that maybe could have a shot against Bama. Um, they've got a pretty easy schedule, even with Oregon factored in. I think we're, we're only seeing the start of Ryan Day. I think since Ryan Day's coming to town, they've been just... Ohio State was great to begin with, or with Urban Meyer. But after Ryan Day came, it's like they shifted to into an either, even higher gear. And I just I can't imagine them losing a Big Ten game like ever again at this point. So I, for, for me, man, I think the only knock is that they got a new quarterback. But I, I can't imagine them not being in the playoffs this season. Uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, wh- wh- I don't have them as my number two. But one statistic I would like to bring up very quickly is that Ryan Day 
has literally not lost a regular season game yet. Exactly. And so, I know it's only two just, seasons, but it's that's still. I mean, still. <laughs> All right, my number two is Oklahoma. Ooh. Um, ooh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll <get> <laughs> I think Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. I have. I'm very high on him. I think he got a lot of flack for last year, even though he was what a true freshman without fall camp. And after his little one and two start hiccup, he did perfectly fine. Also, they've been recruiting a lot better on defense the past few years, and their really? defense has been getting better. So I could see them pulling it together in a much bigger way. And I think Lincoln Riley has been getting a lot better. Um, similar to what you said with Ryan Day in Ohio State, Lincoln Riley is doing that with Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just my SEC bias because they're <laughs> an SEC team. I mean, oh, I know it's I know it's stereotypical for me to put SEC as a top two, but, yep. you know. All right, I'll go ahead and give my number three now. And my number three is actually also Ohio State okay. for literally the exact same reasons you gave out. That's pretty much what I was going to say. Is that it's weird. It's almost weird how Ryan Day almost looks better than Urban Meyer. It's shocking because Urban Meyer was like a, a easily a top five coach when he, when he when he was you know in the league. That that goes back to Florida, you know. Um, I feel like if Urban Meyer had access to like anti anti anxiety medication. <laughs> what, what what I like about Ryan Day, uh, real quick, one thing that Ohio State does that really the only other team I can think of that does this as well as Bama is they don't lose to like mediocre opponents. You know, they don't have, like, uh, ever since Ryan Day at least came, like, they're not losing anymore. I was going to say Purdue. You know? But that was that was Urban Meyer, right? And, like, yeah. you look at Oklahoma, they still lose to, you know, Kansas State. You look at Clemson, you know, they, they drop a game every season, it seems. Uh, it's one thing Ohio State has going for it is they just, again, they haven't lost in the regular season. And that's that's really impressive. Like, only Bama does that, you know? So, it's I, I, I respect them for that. Oh, yeah. Um, Speaking of... Clemson. My number three is is Clemson. Um, I, I I would argue. I mean, they're they're easily the most talented team in the ACC. Um, they've they've got an extremely easy schedule ahead of them, other than the Georgia opener. Um, and and they, I think they can recover from a loss to Georgia. Even I think if they lose that game, but it's close, you know, they, they easily have a a path to the playoffs. Um, the the the, the, they have a new quarterback coming in. I can't pronounce his name. I don't know if you can. DJ. DJ Uwe Ungale. Uwe, DJ Uwe Ungale. I'm not sure what to make of him. I, I'm kind of on the fence. I know he's not going to be as good as Trevor Lawrence, but then again, like, who is? Uh, but I, I think just with their schedule, man, and, and how talented they are in terms of recruiting, um, they, they just seem they seem like a lock for the playoffs. I, I think they're, they're going to be in no matter what. Okay. Um, well, that brings me to my number four, which is Clemson. There you go. Um. Yeah, they lost some talent, but I think DJ Uyunglele will be perfectly fine. He has some experience. Um, they don't have a single freshman starting on their entire team. Really? Um, I didn't. Oh know yeah, that. I looked that up. Yeah, so they're going to be very. They're going to be talented. They're going to be experienced. So I um, guess I could give my number four if you'd like. Um, go ahead and give your number four. So th this is where I think it actually might start to get kind of controversial. Uh, I've got Georgia. Uh -oh. I've got Georgia. And, oh, and here's why. Cringe. I, I I know you don't like them, but they're the kind of program that's that's due for a good season. You know, you you can't you can't keep Georgia down for too long. Um, due for a good season, they just went to a championship game. That, that was like four years ago. You get you got to remember that, man. It's it's uh, it wasn't yesterday. Um, that was a while ago. I think they got a pretty easy schedule outside of Clemson. Obviously, the opening against Clemson. I mean, they don't they don't face Bama this year. They don't face LSU. Um, and, and much like Clemson, I think they can recover from a loss should they lose that first game. I don't think it's, you know, assuming it's a close game, I don't think either team is eliminated from the playoffs, um, regardless of that. Final point on, on Georgia, they're the most talented team in the nation outside of Bama. I mean, they just have so many good players. It's, it's embarrassing that they're not in the playoffs every single season. Um, and I, I just, I think they're due for it. I, I really, I think, um, you know, uh, I, a two-loss Georgia can make the playoffs this season. I'm serious. I think the SEC bias has gone that far. Um, so I, I think I think Georgia makes the playoffs even with two losses. Um, I will say my only thing with Georgia is they do have that huge talent composite. I have them in my top ten. I'm not going to say where yet. But I think they suffer a lot from what I call Texas syndrome, where they just <laughs> recruit. they just recruit the absolute best blue-chip players they can. 
without any regard to how they truly fit into the culture and the scheme. They just want the highest rated recruits they can possibly find. Hmm. And also, they need a quarterback to really work out. I agree. JT Daniels has a pretty clear ceiling. I just, I, I don't know if he's their guy, but he'll he'll get on through. He's a stopgap, but we'll see. Um, and now that brings me to probably my first controversial one, number five, Oregon. Uh, they ended last season very strongly. They started off zero and two, but then won the rest of their games. Um, they do return a lot of talent. And I also think USC will be very good. I think Clay Helton is a very underrated coach. Really? Um, oh, yeah. I think their administration handicaps him every step of the way, and all he does <laughs> is continue to go to NY6 games, New York uh, New Year's 6 games. At a certain point, they just need to just let him do his job. But the point that I'm making is they were able to be a really good program as well as other really good programs. Yeah, they lost to a pretty overrated Iowa State team, but... <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about them later. No we, we will. I'm actually I'm pretty high on Oregon as well. They are in my top ten, so we will touch base on them. I've, I have a few things to say about Oregon. Okay. Uh, as we reach there. Uh, my number five is uh, again. This might be kind of hot. It's Notre Dame. Um, I, they just made the playoffs. Obviously, had a really good season last year. All things considered, um, they got a new transfer quarterback, the Jack Cohn, who I've seen a lot of personally. Um, and I, I think what's actually really good about Notre Dame and Jack Cohn is, unlike a lot of these teams in the top five or so, they're having a quarterback that has a lot of experience. Uh, Jack Cohn's going to be like a redshirt senior. Um, he's obviously started for Wisconsin for a year and a half. He's led them to an NY6 game. And Jack Cohn was like actually a really good quarterback at Wisconsin. And surrounded by the talent at Notre Dame... I think he's going to be, like, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. I, I know I'm biased, but I think just with, with the amount of talent and sk- at skill positions that they have, I, I can't imagine them not doing well. Um, they do have a tough schedule, but I, I, they're also a media darling. You know, they can afford to lose two or three games and still be ranked in the top ten. Uh, so I, I'm pretty high in Notre Dame. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I do think they have a really solid season. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. Um, my number six... I'm going to be honest. I don't think you're ready for it. I'm not. So, uh, I'm not. If you're standing up, you might want to sit down. <laughs> Number six is Florida. Get out. No, no, get out. Get out. <laughs> no, okay. So here's my reasoning. Um, Mullen is showing what he could have done at Mississippi State if Mississippi State wasn't kind of cringe, to be honest with you. Like, if Mississippi State wasn't Mississippi can't. State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly... That, that was so hilarious when they kept trying to call him going to Florida a lateral move, and their Mississippi State ice cream shop oh, on campus came out with a flavor called the lateral move. It's absolutely like, not. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard cope. this. That's it was hilarious. pure cope. Oh my pure God. 100% cope. But uh, I don't think their last, last year's Bama game in the SEC championship was a fluke. I don't think that was a fluke. Really? I think, yeah, I, they absolutely show that they know – he knows how to scheme – and he knows how to get his team to score. Even when he had obvious flaws on his team, he knew how to plan around that. And I think that's a strength as a coach. But ultimately, there's going to be a lot of inconsistency with this team. I could very well see them dropping a couple games. Mm -hmm. But I put them at number six almost because they could beat any team in a national championship game one-off scenario easily. But I could easily see them having a lot of consistency issues, especially because... Low-key, I think Dan Mullen has a legitimate personality disorder. <laughs> just, I mean, really, the way he acts, is, there's just something off about him. There's something off. They did get blown up by Oklahoma in, the, in their bowl game. Uh, that's, I mean, exactly. for me, that left a really bad taste in my mouth. And they, they lost their last three games of the season. I, I don't know. Just for me, it's they don't have a lot of momentum, it feels like, uh, heading into this season. But uh, it'll be interesting It's to a see. weird place. It's a weird state, and it's a weird team. That's true. The Jorts dude. Mullen fits in perfectly. <laughs> Speaking of weird, uh, it, this might be weird to you. My number six is Oklahoma. They're that low on me. Um, Ooh. I, I yes, they've won. You know what? Six straight Big Twelve championships. Um, it's it's hard to imagine them not winning it again. Uh, and they do have a pretty easy schedule. But <clears throat> I'm actually going to disagree with you on on uh, on their coach Lincoln Riley. I, I much like um, much like Georgia, much like Texas. Oklahoma lately has been dropping to teams that they have no business losing to. For whatever reason, like, they lost to Kansas State last year, Iowa State last year. It seems to me like Lincoln Riley, like, he does a good job preparing for the big games, like, bowl games against Texas, right? He always beats Texas. But it it just feels like they just lose these one-off games in the regular season. 
Um, and I think it's costing them. Because if you lose to the Big 12, you know, you're losing to a team like Kansas State. That looks really bad. It's not like the SEC where you lose to a, you know, a team like hey, LSU now, or Florida. You know what I mean? I have to defend them a little bit. Kansas State actually had a pretty decent year last year. I, it's Kansas State, though. It doesn't. No one's going to care about, you know, I'm just saying. I mean, I get that. I'm just, I don't know. It's. I, I kind of get what you're saying to an extent because he has a little bit of the Urban Meyer syndrome. He, yeah. he Clemson's it. Clemson's, yeah. He's back when Clemson Clemson's hard again. Yeah. No, and really, I think it's just. I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy if they didn't, you know, because I think they, you know, they're a pretty likable team overall. Um, but I, as high as you are on Spencer Rattler, I'll say this: I just, I don't think he's Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. I, I just, I don't think he's quite there. I think we've kind of grown accustomed to Oklahoma. You know, winning the Heisman and having these NFL quarterbacks year after year after year. And I'm not saying Spencer Rattler isn't an NFL quarterback. I think he will be drafted. But I, I just don't think he's quite on that same tier. Um, and that's why I have him Is it like Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley's scheme that causes that? That causes him to still put up the stats? And the Big 12, man. They, they, they don't play defense. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's just... True. They have so many possessions, you know, so many opportunities to score. It's just... Possession, air raid... The, the Big 12 is interesting because almost every team runs some kind of like weird air raid concept mm-hmm. that just hasn't been seen in the NFL until like the past three or three to five years. Yeah. So no defensive player wants to play in the Big 12 because it's a scheme. You're playing against schemes you're not going to play against in the NFL. Exactly. And you're also constantly having to defend these deep passes that if you make one tiny mistake, everybody's going to make fun of you and laugh at you. Exactly. And that's why all these. So big, I wouldn't want to play defense in that conference. All these Big 12 games like end with a final score of like 52 to 43. It's like, it's just obscene how many points they put up. So, and I'm but, not even trying to disrespect the Big 12 there. I mean, it's their style. It's, it's, yeah, rest in peace. But that is like their style. Like everyone, you know, it's, it's just, it's their brand of football. Um, but because yeah. of that, you know, Spencer Rattler's numbers are a little bit inflated. That's how I look at it. Like it's, it's not as impressive with that context. Yeah, I can see that. I guess maybe I can see that. But I guess I'll go to my number seven now. And you're going to like this one. Oh. Oh, Wisconsin. Oh, right. boy. D-I-F-M, do it for Mertz. Wow. I think he's the real deal. They came out hot. They destroyed Michigan. We did. And they only took a step back when the players had gotten COVID, and they were still recovering from those COVID after effects. Mm-hmm. And I can speak personally. I remember when I had COVID. Um, <clears throat> I remember how long it took me to actually feel normal in my lungs to be able to do physical activity i could only imagine trying to play actual college football at a high level i would i would have no motivation to do it first of all after dealing with that second of all I just physically wouldn't be able to do it i just remember how much my lungs burned and everything Jesus, dude. so i just i just think their team fell apart but we saw enough from them early on plus it's wisconsin they rarely have bad years they're usually at least like a nine ten win team anyway i, I will say yeah we, we lost i think three weeks in a row we had canceled due to covid i mean our coach got covid um our entire quarterback yeah. room we were down to our fourth string it was looking like for a while so yeah the whole season was shot but it showed promise so i i am optimistic i don't have us in our top 10 just because i'm a doomer but i i would love for us to be you know in that echelon of top 10 teams so i i, I really appreciate your optimism here andy I do find it funny that I'm higher on Wisconsin than you usually are, and you're higher on Bama than I usually am. <laughs> do you? Okay, can I ask? Are you serious? Do you really think we could be an NFL team? Yes, yes, I do. I'm not trolling when I say that. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm just not, gonna let everybody else judge that for themselves. I'm not. Listen, I'll say this: I'm not saying Bama would run the NFL, but I think they would go. Gosh, the 17 game schedule. They'd go at least at least 11 and six. I will give us one in sixteen. I uh, know. Nah, I I really think you guys are. I mean, it's you guys are really good. Is what I'm saying. So. Well, thank you. All right. What's your number seven? Speaking of really good, uh, number seven. You you like this? I got Oregon. Uh, okay. People, it's it's crazy. I know it's the Pac-12. People forget about the Pac-12. It doesn't get any respect. But like, man, Oregon. I mean, they won the Rose Bowl in 2019. They had a great year. Um, and their previous season was just completely decimated by COVID. I mean, we talk about Wisconsin being screwed by COVID and like the Big Ten. The Pac-12 was on another level. I mean, like they didn't start like their games until like halfway through the season was over. Um, and, and they still managed to win the Pac-12. So I, they got a pretty manageable schedule playing the Pac-12. I think Cristobal is a really good coach. I, I think Oregon. I think they have a great season this year. I think they probably go like ten and two. 
Uh, probably lose to Ohio State, but I, I think they're a really good team, and I think they're going to get a lot of respect this year uh, from from winning a lot. I could see that. Okay, going to your point about the Pac-12, mm-hmm. um, I think the pendulum's kind of swinging back because for a few years, the Pac-12 was just awful. True. But I think for the past couple years and kind of moving on into the future, I think they'll will take a step forward, especially because Larry Scott is gone. True. Well, and <laughs> he U- needed to be fired. USC, like you said, I mean, I, I know I have him top 10, but they are stabilizing. And I think like if USC can, can really get back to being like a top 10 program, that's going to raise the confidence and just the overall, you know, the, 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 the mystique of the Pac-12 a little bit. You know, you can imagine a Big Ten where Ohio State's down. That doesn't look good. Or an SEC where Bama's down. Doesn't look good. It's the same thing with the Pac-12. I mean, USC is their premier program, and USC kind of sucking for the last, you know, like 10 years or so hasn't really helped their image. But with USC kind of coming back with Helton, I, I, I could see them getting a little bit more respect in the coming years. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them. Um, as for my number eight, I have another one you may like. May like. It's hey. Texas A&M. No. <laughs> I can see why you think I'd like that. But... <laughs> Texas A&M. He has, he has them as... He has his machine rolling. Um, I do think he's settling with being the second best program in the SEC West, which is weird because he does have that big guaranteed something like a 10, 12-year contract. Oh, yeah. But also... Yeah, but ultimately, I mean, what are you going to do? I think waiting out Saban's dynasty and aiming for that is about all you can do. When you aim too high, you end up in a situation like Auburn does. Yep. yep. And, I mean, at a, at a certain point, you just have to accept being a thorn in Bama's side is the best you can hope for consistently. Right. And he's just going to try to wait out Saban. I mean, and it's not a bad strategy. It's still very respectable. I think a lot of teams have overinflated expectations. You're right. Which... We'll probably talk about in a little bit with some of these uh, notable teams left out. <laughs> no, but that's that's a, no, I, that's a really good point, man. I think one knock I've had on the SEC for quite a while is it feels like every team wants to be Bama. And obviously there could only be one Bama. And so when teams aren't Bama, they overreact, they fire their coaches, and, and bring in some assistant from Bama probably <laughs> uh, to fill in the gaps. But it, it feels like Texas A&M like, really has sort of this identity under under Jimbo. Um, and I think I think the fans are content with just being this like you know fringe top five top ten program, even if they're not Bama, like they're still gonna be really good and and making these big NY six games right. Like who's gonna be upset about that? So and they're I, gonna I, have chances to beat Bama too. True. I mean, it's not they're like career, they're yeah. gonna go into every Bama game highly ranked. It's gonna be a huge matchup, right. and they can go into the game confident. Like, hey, maybe we can do it this year. You're right. Yeah, And I think there's something to be said for that. And even going back to my experience as a Bama fan, it's one of those things like, yeah, I have my expectations set that we can win a championship every year. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I know that's temporary. Once Saban retires, we as a fan base, for the most part, are going to temper our <laughs> expectations back down. But I mean, heck, as for right now, why shouldn't we be expecting championships? No, I agree. I agree. I'm not going to be like super like mad if we don't win it, but I'll see it as a season, as a as a what if season. Right, right. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, my number eight. This this is a hot one. Um, I think as as we get like farther and farther down the list, it gets a little bit hotter. Uh, number eight. I got Iowa. I got the hot guys. Ooh. And here's why. They won their last six games of 2020. Uh, they beat a handful of pretty good opponents. They missed out on their game against Michigan and their bowl game due to COVID. Uh, their two losses were to pretty decent teams by a total of five points. So really close games that could have gone either way. They got a pretty easy schedule in 2021. And I just, I feel like the program has so much momentum and they're, they're going under the radar, which is exactly what they want, right? Like Iowa is the kind of program that likes to kind of be overshadowed, be the underdog, you know, quietly keep winning these games, right? And I, I think if, if they're as good as they were last year, which was impressive with COVID, I, I can't imagine them not going, you know, maybe 10-2 and two and, and winning the Big Ten West. I, I think they're going to be a really good program this year. It's funny that you say that, because as we move on to number nine, my number nine is Iowa. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be a scorching take, but I guess not. <laughs> not at Joe Mama's podcast. We take all takes here. It's true. 
I have number nine Iowa for very similar reasons. They're they've just been an under the radar, very solid program. I remember it was back in 2012. Um, I was still very active on RCFB, the CFB subreddit back then. <laughs> yeah, and I remember everybody calling for Kirk Ferentz's head, talking about what an awful contract. No, he had. no. <laughs> I was the one person defending him saying hey it's one bad year give him you know Mm -hmm. he's proven that he earned he's earned the right to have one bad year come on Mm -hmm. (laughs) look who was right sure anyway um i think their first two games are versus two of the two single most overrated teams and i think they're gonna (laughs) go i think they're gonna start two and oh and i think they're gonna end up in the top 10 by week three uh those first two games are indiana and iowa state yep Yep. two wins right there that's two and oh and it's going to look so good. Even though they're not that great of wins, it's going to look good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll yeah, give them gonna confidence. Be, you know? It's going to be two okay wins. Um, I mean, they're not going to be like... Let's face it, Iowa State's not... What are they ranked in the preseason? Like seven? Seven, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not a number 17. Look, I'm sorry, Iowa State fans. There's a lot of prominent ones that I see post a lot. And <laughs> they, they have these weird expectations. Okay, so I did the research... They have literally never had above an eight-win regular season in their entire program's history. Unless you're willing to go back about 125 years. And I'm not. So, um, no, it was the year 19... Hold on, let me look it up. 1906. In 1906, they had a nine... That was their best ever season where they had nine wins. <laughs> but other than that, it's all eight wins. That's the best they could do. And look, I'm happy for them. I'm happy that they're better, but... I think people are going a little too far with their expectations, and I think a lot of it is wishful thinking. I agree. People want they that see underdog. A little you program know? that could. They want to see a program that, that can break through because it kind of proves to these other fans, like, hey, maybe my program could do that too. Exactly. And you know the irony of it all? Iowa is like an actual underdog in, in all of this. Like, they're actually not getting enough attention. Exactly. Like that's an actual exactly. underdog. You know what I mean? I would I would easily say Iowa has a better chance at the CFP than Iowa State. Oh, for sure. And really, Iowa's greatest enemy is gonna be Ohio State, just because the Big Ten is run by Ohio State. But like if you remove Ohio State from the picture, I think I think they could make a good argument for being the best P in the Big Ten. They're so consistent. Like it, they're just I don't know, man. You, you know what you're gonna get with Iowa. That's the thing. Like it's it shouldn't be shocking when they go ten and two. I think they're gonna be a good team. Dang. Um uh, moving on, uh, is it uh, my turn here for number nine? Or yes, it is. Okay, number, number nine. That was my nine. Right. Number nine for me was Iowa. Gotcha. I'm actually keeping it in the Big Ten, some Big Ten bias here. Uh, this one, again, might be a little hot. I got Penn State. Oh. I got, and here's why. Here's why. They had oh. a terrible season last year. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Okay. Terrible season. They went, what, like, like one and six or something stupid? I don't even remember. But the thing is, they actually did start it off or ended it strongly. So I'll give you that. They ended it strongly. They they have a pretty easy schedule this season. No COVID. Well, there's COVID, but realistically, it's not going to play as big of a role. You know what I mean? Uh, they go off against uh, Auburn, I believe, early on in the season, and that's that's to me the kind of uh, game where if they win that, it looks really good, even if it's not that great of a win, and it'll give them the uh, momentum they need. To move forward in the season, I think I think they're just so talented, man. Like the Penn State is too talented not to succeed. You know, they're not going to be Ohio State, but they're going to be pretty good. I think they're going to be the second best team in the Big Ten East. So, I'm looking forward to Penn State this year. I've had a lot of weird feelings about Penn State. I I see you saw back and forth between. I think they're super overrated, and they're going to be a real sleeper team. And they started off last season zero and five. Yep. But they finished four and five. They they won the last four games in a row. And I think, yeah, they beat Rutgers, Michigan State, Illinois, Michigan. But I mean, still, they still went four and five and were able to end off strong. And I think there's something to be said for starting off that terribly in a COVID season and yeah. still being able to pull it together. Didn't give up and finish strong. They didn't give up exactly. And that to me shows that type of mental toughness really matters in college football mm-hmm. because we've talked about this before. A lot of college football games end in who can make the least mistakes. Exactly. And exactly. Minimizing mistakes comes from mental toughness. That's why Bama's so good, dude. They just know they're the best, and they just execute. It's like, whatever. We a lot of win. teams lose before they even step on the field. Exactly, dude. It's a confidence. And, and Penn State, like, if you're playing a Penn State dude in, like, a whiteout game, you just got I, – I imagine those players have confidence. Like, there's no way they don't come into the season with high hopes and, like, genuinely believe they can win. So – I, I'm pretty high on them. It might be kind of foolish, but 
I, I, people call that stuff gimmicky. People do call that stuff gimmicky, but ultimately, I think I think it's very healthy for these teams to have these quote unquote gimmicks. They need that confidence actually does help. It does, dude. It, like, these, these are like eighteen year olds, man. Like they're extremely emotional, you know. And, and oh yeah, it just it, it comes down to that sometimes, you know. Oh yeah. All, All right, right number uh, your number ten. Finish off the list here. My number ten. I don't think it's going to be too scorching hot. It's Uga. Uga. <laughs> yeah, I, Kirby's a good coach. He'll probably have them in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the SEC East. I don't think is going to be too strong this year. That's fair. Uh, he's going to be just more talented than everybody he plays. He's going to be able to win, beat who he's supposed to beat, but then he's probably going to lose to Bama and then lose his New York six game or New Year's six game. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Because uh, if you remember, he almost lost to Cincinnati, who yeah. I think is pretty good. Well, it's Cincinnati, um, though. They have no excuse with all the talent exactly. they have. Exactly. You know? When you're the second most talented team in the country, you should not be having a close game with Cincinnati. Right. It was 24 like, to I'm sorry. <laughs> That's no disrespect to Cincinnati. I think no. Cincinnati is going to be the best group of five teams. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I don't know. Like, real quick, I just want oh, to say on Georgia, like, obviously I have the number four. To me, the whole fate of Georgia, because they're going to lose to Bama. I think the fate of Georgia really comes down to will they or will they not just drop a random one-off game against, like, Kentucky or, or like, Auburn in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just have they have such a bad track record of just losing these random meme games that they have no business losing. So, if they can just yeah, they together, lost, uh, they'll be good. South Carolina? Yeah, that's like, so what I'm saying. It's like they have no reason to lose to them. But if they can just be consistent this year, I think, I think they'll be um, in the conversation for playoffs. That's all I'll say. Uh, keeping it in the SEC, I will finish off my list here. Um, this one's actually kind of hot, and I, I, I thought about it, but I, I really, I really, I really believe this. Number ten, I've got Texas. Hook of horns, and here's why. Uh, this is actually, this is actually good timing. We were just talking about hype, and and confidence, right, and emotions. Texas joining the SEC is gonna give these players, the coaches, the fan base. So much energy, so much swagger, so much confidence that I can't imagine Texas not doing well, especially given their joke of a schedule against the Big 12. Um, they got an easy victory against Arkansas. It's just that's going to be a free win right there. I'm sorry. Uh, and it's just I, I think the program, man, like they're, they're talented. They've always been talented. What's been missing is kind of been that confidence. And, well, they just got a bunch of confidence for free. I can't imagine them not taking advantage of it. If, if they if they don't succeed this year, shame on them. They have no reason not to. Um, and that's just kind of how I view them. I definitely see what you're saying. Uh, so this kind of leads me into, I have four honorable mentions. Honorable mm-hmm. mentions that I was kind of iffy of wanting to include. Um, and the first honorable mention I had was Texas. That doesn't mean I have the number 11. <laughs> that doesn't mean I have the number 11. I want to make that very clear. All I do right, not know where to put these teams. <laughs> But no, you're absolutely right. This is they have a new coach, Steve Sarkeesian. He's a very hot name right now, and players are going to give more effort that they're playing for a hot name coach. Right. They have the new conference move. They have a lot of a lot of motivation that they've been lacking. And um, an argument I often hear is like, "Well, hype doesn't really matter. They're all trying hard to win the games. You think they don't try?" But no, that's absolutely that's BS. That's a BS argument for those people to make. Because it's not about the hype during the game. They're obviously going to come out during the game. It's about the hype and motivation during their practices exactly. to get the most out of every practice. To When they make dietary choices, if they think, ah, oh, whatever, it's not going to matter this season, they're going to be more likely to eat some ice cream or some crap. Right. You know, It really does go a long way with living and breathing the season when you know you have something legitimate to work towards. Especially, Texas has a lot of talented players that think they're going to get a shot at the NFL regardless. Right. So what does it matter if Texas sucks for the season? But no, it's, it boils down to what you said too. Like they're going to have a lot of hype. They're going to have a lot of motivation. They're going to want to work hard. They're not going to have to be forced to work hard right. to work hard this all season. Um, my three other honorable mentions are USC for reasons I've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati because I think they're the best group of five team and they've had three straight ten win seasons and did almost beat Georgia. True. Um, and my last honorable mention is going to be Miami. Wow. They only had two losses last year. They returned a decent amount of talent, including Derek King, Derek King, however you say his name. <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to lose week one to Bama. Sure. 
But so they're not going to be able to climb up for a while after that. But I think they will shake out to be a top fifteen team at least. My fear with with Miami is they lose so bad to Bama that it just like destroys all confidence. And it's that like, could happen. Hands on deck. Like if they go like zero and fifty two to Bama, which literally could happen. I, I I don't know how you recover from that mentally. I mean, it's. Gonna I be agree tough. with you. That happens to a lot of teams. We just beat the crap out of, and people like try to oh look at how look at how low this team was ranked after they played Bama. Look how they fell apart. They weren't that good in the first place. But no, you broke that's them, absolutely dude. <laughs> happens. We break teams because yeah. our whole season is if we know we can compete, they don't even have to beat us. They just want to know that they can compete and belong on the same field as Bama. Yeah. And when they see that they just get the doors blown off of them, they're like, oh well, what's the point? And I think that's very. <laughs> No, I think Miami will. I don't. I'm not going to say that they're going to. It's going to be a super close game, but I do think that because we're breaking in a lot of young receivers, mm-hmm. uh, some new running backs, and a new quarterback, I think we're going to to play the offense a little safe, and that's not going to be conducive to a huge blowout game. So the score will be relatively close. Wow. But I don't think we're going to have any actual problems with the game it's going to be close after a quarter and a half sure i mean that's a, a lot of bama games are you know in, in going into halftime it's maybe like a 14 point difference but then third quarter usually is when bam opens it up you know they, they figure okay. it out in half and, quarter. yeah just just put on the blitz uh real quick i want to give my honorable mentions um i've got texas a&m obviously in your top 10 I think they're, again, I think they're a really good team. Though, in a weird way, I think they're kind of overshadowed by Texas. I know Texas is still in the Big 12 for now, but, like, they're going to sooner or later be the, the little brother again. And that's the only thing I think holding them back, really, is this this idea of, well, Texas is joining us now and is going to start stealing our recruits again. And maybe we're not going to be the premier program in our state, you know. So that'll be interesting to see uh, when, when Texas does join uh, the SEC. I think in a lot of ways they're so different from each other that and Texas is such a big state. I don't even know if it matters mm-hmm. anymore. I don't know. I, just, I don't different. live in Texas. Really. I don't know what it's like. But It's like, okay, I kind of think of it like an Alabama-Auburn situation where even though we're technically in the same state, we don't <laughs> compete for the same recruits. Wow. Um, Auburn recruits in a different area. First of all, we can recruit nationally just because. Course, <laughs> but no, Auburn gets a lot of recruits from Georgia. So a lot of Auburn's success in recruiting also depends on how good is how good is a team like Georgia and even Georgia Tech doing because mm. they get a lot of recruits from South Georgia. Interesting. Yeah. Um, notable teams that I have left out is Notre Dame, North Carolina, who I think is also kind of overrated. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> my number one most overrated team overranked team I have that I've seen consistently this offseason is Iowa State. 100% with you. I'm sorry, but I've seen so many delusional takes about Iowa State. Like, (sighs) No, spit it out. Don't don't hold back on this one. So, I'm sorry, but you've had... I already mentioned this. They've only ever had an eight-win season as their best season ever literally ever Mm -hmm. they have absolutely no reason to have expectations on par with like ohio state and alabama and clemson and the rest of us there is plenty of teams that have been mediocre or even outright bad in the past that randomly got themselves an eight win season yeah like that's not a reason to blow the doors off the expectations like again i'm happy for them good for them i'd like to see what they can do but let's be a little realistic about this as good as matt campbell is there's only so much you can do. Um, and I think also a lot of it's going to have to do with how much does he have one foot out the door for the NFL? Oh, and how long does he on staying there? That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, it's obvious he's not staying for very long. Um, it, for me, the thing with Iowa State is I, I think um, they're facing Iowa this year. They didn't face them last year due to COVID. They're facing Iowa week two. And I think if Iowa beats them down good enough, uh, that whole little brother mentality is going to kick in right away. Iowa's going to be the premier team of the state. Again, they'll probably rank top 10, you know, if they beat both Indiana and Iowa State. And just all all that hype, all that momentum that, that they're riding off of will just instantly go down the drain. Um, this is comparable to me to actually Wisconsin in 2018. We were like number four heading the season and we lost to BYU in like week three. And it just completely destroyed the entire team. Just this one random loss to a team that we didn't think we'd lose to. There's something to it, man. I think I think losing early, especially when you have a ton of hype, 
it, it, it really just it destroys all momentum, and your, your whole team just kind of like crumbles after that. And I think that's exactly what's coming up to Iowa State, man. Iowa's going to beat them. Like, lock me on that, man. I, I'm so locked in on Iowa beating Iowa State. It, it's not even funny. Exactly. That's why I have the number nine too, as well. And um, I wanted to point out that we even talked about earlier um, how important hype and momentum is exactly. to these young players. Yeah. It's, but in Iowa State case, it almost comes off as overconfidence in this weird way. Yeah. Like, like they absolutely should be excited for this season, but it should be more of a nervous excitement, not a I'm already looking at my plane tickets for the Big Twelve Championship. The, 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 if, if the fans or anything like the anything like the players, you got Iowa fa- State fans just like casually saying, "Oh, I wonder who'll be facing in the Big Twelve Championship this year." I oh, saw that thread in that yeah. comment too, and I was like, like, "Are you come serious, on, dude? Like, no one talks like even this. we don't do that. Yeah, even like... we don't start looking at hotel rooms before the season." Like, 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 because we football gods are real. Yeah, and they will spite you for thinking that. Hundred percent. So I'm I'm looking forward to Ohio State losing a lot of these games this season. I, I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma State, Texas, Oklahoma, for obviously Iowa. Drop a few games to like West Virginia, maybe Baylor. Hell, I think they finish maybe seven and five. I don't think they finish the season ranked. I think it completely backfires on them. They Ooh. fall straight in the butt. So, I could see I could see when it rains it pours. That's what I'm just saying, because dude. Because they're gonna be so crushed. I could see that happening. Maybe it doesn't. I just there's so much up in the air for them, but I do think they're very overranked. It's fair. Who else you got overranked? I got two more teams. I I wonder if they match up <laughs> for, for overrated teams. Let's see. You gonna tell me? Oh, I, I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you. I can give you my next Oh, no. It's Iowa State, Notre Dame, and North Carolina are my Wow, three. Notre Dame. Wait, I yeah, just realized I, you never had Notre Dame ranked. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I dude. just. Wow. It's hard to explain. I don't know. I just have a feeling. <laughs> Call it a completely out of left field hunch. Um, That's honestly all I have for Notre Dame. As for North Carolina, I got they've them on, been getting I, a little. I got them over. They're getting too. a little better. Yeah, they're they're a little better than they were, but it's. I think they have they have like that Iowa State syndrome. Yeah, but to a much lesser degree. A little less vocal about it. Um, yeah. The thing for me is like they finished eight and four last year. They, they look good, but they're, they're probably a top twenty five team. But like I'm seeing them easily. Like people, everyone's putting them in their top ten. Some people have them like this fringe like playoff team. It's like they went eight and four last year. This is, you know what I mean? Like they got destroyed in their bowl game against Texas A&M. For me, there's nothing there that suggests they're going to be this powerhouse in the ACC, especially given that Clemson is going to destroy them when they face each other. You know, so absolutely. I, I just I don't I don't see it. I think they'll be good. I just don't think they're top ten. Like that's how I look at it. And I think a lot of people do seem to walk Carolina again. It's one of those one of those kind of mediocre pro- programs that could. That they want to see succeed because it proves to them that their program right. could do that too one day. People like Mac Brown and, too, yeah. But yeah, I, I like Mac Brown as well. And <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I would like to see these programs have a chance. I mean, I think parity is a huge problem in college football. I can even admit, as an Alabama fan, like the the reason you see a lot of Alabama, even Alabama fan players and Ohio State players even opening wanting CFP expansion is because even we are starting to get a little bored of playing the same teams. You want to play different teams. I get that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's like, that's the thing is, we want CFP expansion. The way we approach these games is, we're not scared of anybody. Bring them on. We want to see the games. We'd love to see it. Like, we we don't play scared, and that's why our teams win the games. They go into every game knowing they're supposed to win. Yeah. But they don't, they still respect the opponent. That's Saban's whole philosophy is respect the opponent. It's going to be against freaking Colorado School of the Mines. And he's going to give his <laughs> his answer is going to be like, they have a lot of skilled players that pose some interesting challenges for our team, <laughs> for our team, right? And I don't want y'all in the media trying to make our jobs as coaches harder by acting like they're just supposed to win. Do you remember <laughs> what happened when we played the Citadel? We were tied at halftime, man. <laughs> he always goes back to that game. <laughs> yeah, well, the Citadel and Georgia Southern, they ran through our ass like shit through a tin horn. Yep. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, I, I have to give Bama some credit because I, I really believe it, that, that Saban is serious about this, this whole, you know, take every opponent seriously thing. And, like, that's the thing that separates Bama from, like, Iowa State, which is going to go into every game thinking, oh, we'll beat them. Ah, no big deal. We'll beat Iowa. We'll, we'll beat Oklahoma State. We're better than them, right? We're right higher. Like, that's their entire, <laughs> like, it's their ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you need to take them seriously, man. We can, in college football, man, especially, 
nothing is guaranteed. Upsets happen all the time. You, you can't take a week off in college football. Exactly. If you take a week off, just mentally, you have to be mentally in every game. Obviously, that goes with every sport, but in college football especially, yeah. it's it's those mistakes kill you. You can't recover from mistakes nearly as easily in college football as you can in other sports. Yeah, because in college football, you lose one game, you're probably out of the playoffs, you know? So Absolutely. It's, it's, it's so much different than, like, the NFL where you lose half your games of the season. Um, okay. I got one more overrated team that okay. I want to touch base on. Um, I've got Indiana. I do. I think they benefited immensely. I, 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 I've got, I think they benefited from a fractured Big Ten due to COVID. They barely survived Penn State. Um, they, they basically coasted against like mediocre competition and were ultimately exposed by Ohio State. I just, I don't, I don't see them having a good year. They're Indiana. You know, they are, they're, they're like a seven and five team. I don't know. They just, they had, they got lucky last year. That's how I look at it. I agree with that. Um, I definitely agree with all that. I actually didn't mean, mean to mention them, but I just forgot. Um, but I do want to move on to, I have, here's my week zero hot take. Oh, okay. And for those, for those who are unaware, we have, there's this thing in the CFB server called the wizard bit. And basically, <laughs> in order to qualify for the wizard role for the week, where you get your own color, your own role, is you have to predict a hot take and get it right. Mm -hmm. The caveat is if you get it wrong, you get pariah for the week. It's true. And everybody makes fun of you. But the point is, is that you have to, they, it has to be considered a hot take. And usually it's the line plus seven. So, for example, if you think a team is favored by, if you see a team is favored in Vegas by seven, mm -hmm. they have to win by 14. You have to predict them to win by 14 yeah. to get your wizard roll. So I'm going to make a week zero bet, and it's going to be Illinois beating Nebraska straight up. Dude, I was literally going to say the same damn thing. <laughs> well, I'll type on the channel first before you get to it now. Oh. But, okay, so I think Scott Frost's days are numbered. I think Nebraska wants him out. Oh, absolutely. And I think they're looking for an excuse they can. You, you saw that article, yes. didn't you? Yeah, I think this whole... They're looking for an excuse to not even pay yeah, his buyout. The NCAA investigation, all, all of it was self-reported, mind you, by Nebraska. Uh, they want him out, and they don't want to pay money for him. So I, I can't blame him, but yeah, he's gone. Oh, I they mean, self-reported? I, I think I think so. It was something like internal docs like revealed all the info or something like that. It wasn't like Ooh, a whistleblower. Worse. That you know? is worse. So I, I think I think he's definitely out, and I think the team knows this. Like, the players know this. And again, we talk about confidence, right? Illinois has a new coach. They have a lot of you know potential, right? They want to they prove that they belong, right? Whereas Nebraska, you're on a sinking ship. Like there, there's zero hype. There's zero motivation. Your your coach is going to be gone at the end of the season, and everyone knows it. And so I just I can't imagine them coming out and playing well at Illinois in Week Zero. I definitely got Illinois winning this. And my mic drop moment for Nebraska, yeah, it's going to be they still lost at home to a Minnesota team that was missing a total of thirty three players <laughs> due to COVID protocol. <laughs> oh my That's god! That's so bad. Doesn't like Scott Frost in his three years have like twelve wins or something? Yeah, something crazy. It's just see. it's he a has... complete failure. And that doesn't even make sense to me because he did fine at UCF. They were great. I love UCF, dude. They won the championship. Sorry, no offense. Uh, uh, what it, what it we'll, really we'll, is we'll, is we'll touch base on this in another episode. We will, but real quick with Scott Frost. I mean, let's face it. Like he played G five teams, you know, for the most part at at, at UCF. There's a big difference between playing G5 teams and, and coming to the Big Ten and actually have to, like, schedule, you know, against real teams most weeks and have to actually game plan, you know. So I just think for him, man, it's just uh, – it just never worked out. You know, he never figured out how to how to compete in this conference, and uh, he's going to be gone this year for sure. Absolutely. And uh, also UCF, I want to point out, they're in Florida. <laughs> That's all I have to say. That's oh. my – that is my solution to every team who is That's struggling fair. that get fair. over the hump. Just yeah. recruit Florida. Easy. I mean, honestly, it's it's got to be a hard sell to Nebraska at this point to get kids there. Because, like, yeah, I get Nebraska was good in the 90s. But, like, the Zoomers, you know, like, who are, who are being recruited nowadays, man, Nebraska sucked their entire their life. You know, like, <laughs> there's no appeal. It's not a cool program. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's not really all that historic outside of the 90s. So, like, I just, I don't see it, man. They need. They definitely need to have like a cool factor. They need to do some kind of like I don't want to say rebranding. I mean they're still in Nebraska. Pull an Oregon or something. <laughs> yeah, pull it. Yeah, like have like their freaking 
uh, neon red. But it's so hard to look at like, like the neon logo, corn the, cob on it. The end, you know, it's the the corn huskers. Everything about it's just so lame and lame. It's white. Boring. I don't know. It's just I, no I, offense. I, no offense to the uh, to the Midwesterners that I'm talking to no, right no. now. As a Midwesterner, you know. <laughs> Well, That's... the thing is, like, the Big Ten, like, if you're in the Big Ten, you need to kind of have this, like, very tough image. Think, like, big linebackers, big, you know, husky, white farm boys, basically. Right? But, like, Nebraska, like, you don't even associate that with them anymore. Right? They've, they've had these, like, just this spread offense under under Scott Frost. It just feels out of place. It's not working, you know? And they should go back to the Big 12. I'm going to be honest. I think yes. the Big 12 would survive easily if they, uh, if they took... And, because I would open up that recruiting grounds back for them. Well, not anymore since Texas is gone, actually. <laughs> well, Texas Tech. They're still Texas Tech. Baylor, TCU. TCU, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I forget about Baylor. No, I, but... I'd be down. We don't want – they don't want to be in the Big Ten. The Big Ten, like, really doesn't want them. You know, like, it was a good idea at the time because, like, Nebraska was decent, like, in the early 2010s, right? Um, but it, it just clearly – culturally speaking, it doesn't make sense anymore. You know, I, I – they should go back to the Big 12, save the Big 12, <laughs> and we'll just find someone else. We'll, we'll pick up Cincinnati or something, right? That could easily be the best program in the Big 12. Yes, yes. Not the best team right out of the gate, but the best program, the biggest name, for sure. Absolutely. Which That's is what, what they, they want. Because they, they really thought they were going to come into the Big 10 and just run the whole conference, right? And they've been overshadowed in their own division, which is the weakest division in college football. I'm, as a Wisconsin man, I can say that. And it's just... It, Nothing's working, man. Nothing's working for him. It is what it is. I'll uh, I'll say this. I hope everyone enjoyed this uh, preseason um, coverage of uh, of our podcast, episode one, episode zero, if you will. And uh, if you guys like this, drop a like. Let us know what you think. Um, we definitely want to make these, I guess you could say, more often in the future. Ideally, perhaps like a weekly podcast to you know recap previous week's games and. And foreshadow the uh, upcoming week. So let me know what you guys think. Randy, this has been fun. It's been nice talking to you. It has been fun. It has been very fun. It's went on a lot longer than I thought it would. We had a lot more to say than I thought we'd have to talk about with the even just being week zero. That's a good problem to have, um, I'd say. Yeah. So hopefully this season uh, shakes out pretty well. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. We won't, be, we won't be bombarding you with NordVPN or Raid Shadow Legends no. advertisements. So Unsponsored, unscripted, unreal. That's how I look at it. I like that motto. Yep, yep. <laughs> we need like a cool intro. It's like unsponsored, unscripted, unreal. You know, something like that. You like the radio shows, dude? Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll edit it. We're coming for you. Yeah, look up, Pat. All right, Randy, yeah. it's been real. Take care, folks, and uh, God bless America. All right, God bless America. Peace out.